Good morning. Yes, good morning, every nation church Malaysia. Uh, if you don't know me, I'm Teresa. I'm married to my husband, Pastor Tim, for the past uh, 28 years. We have four children. Uh, my first ministry is to my family. Uh, but I also believe strongly in serving God because it's through serving God I grow my faith. And it's all through serving God and serving people. I see God's goodness and faithfulness in many's lives. That's where I also get strengthened and encouraged. Okay, we are in this series on with the Holy Spirit. All right, Pastor Tim have carved out this uh, series with four words, which is thirst, walk, anoint, and pray. Yeah, last week, Pastor Tim shared with us the day we are living in, just as those as in, in epistle of Ephesians, evil days. And how can we overcome that? It's truly to thirst for the Holy Spirit, to be filled by Him. And out from there, we are overflowed with who God is. Then we can be strong and be an overcomer in evil days. Today, I'm going to talk to you all on walk with the Spirit. Next week is a week that you don't want to miss. Yeah, we are going to have Pastor Philip Lin. Not only he's an eloquent preacher, he's also a renowned physician back in Kota Kinabaru, Sarawak, okay? Very famous doctor. Not only that, he pastored one of the biggest church there, down there, yeah? His life is so anointed by God. So he going to come and share with us on anoint by the Holy Spirit, okay? Last but not least, of course, follow on with prayer. Now, let's kick start. Walk with the Holy Spirit. First and foremost, I want to really introduce and talk about Holy Spirit, especially for those who are new to church and new to who God is. Holy Spirit, He is God. He is one of the Godhead. We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Three persons, but of the same essence, one God. So Holy Spirit is not a force. Holy Spirit is not an energy, and He is not psychic. He is God. So when you pray, God, you are referring to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You need not to confuse yourself. Oh, now I talk to the Father. Oh, now I talk to Jesus. Oh, now I talk to the Holy Spirit. No. When you call God, three in one God. The Trinity God. All right? Now, next, Holy Spirit is a person. He possesses intellect and will. He convicts us. He compels us. He leads us. That's who Holy Spirit is. You know, in Acts, Holy Spirit say, literally stated, Holy Spirit say, set aside for me or separate for me Barnabas and Paul. Okay? He said he has his will, his mind. Okay? Holy Spirit also possesses emotion. That's why the Bible say, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Yeah? Okay. How Jesus introduced Holy Spirit? In the Last Supper, Okay, the last moment Jesus had with his disciples, he introduced Holy Spirit as another parakletos. Another, another of the same kind, just like Jesus. You know, then the disciples was just literally hang around Jesus. Anything they will go to him, ask of him, die with him. So they are so close. Okay, so Jesus also know. He is going to depart from them. And he told them, I'm not going to leave you often. I know you need another one just like me. 
That's why he introduced Holy Spirit. Another Parakletos. Parakletos is someone who come alongside. Literally mean that. So in English words, the different version, they cannot find just one word to encompass this role that the Holy Spirit uh, play. So they use words like helper, teacher, advocates, counsellor, and comforter. So amazing. This God has come alongside us. He is Holy Spirit, right? Now, walk. Walk with Holy Spirit. What do you mean by walk? So, in the Bible, the word walk, not just meaning the work of you putting your feet together, you know, movement and bring you to places. Walk in the Bible has a connotation of way of living, a lifestyle. Okay? And it's in this present tense, continuously happen. So when we walk with the Holy Spirit, it means we living continuously with the Holy Spirit. Okay? Just like you read in Old Testament, right? In Genesis, Enoch walked with God and he was no more. It's not talking about, you know, one day, Enoch just having a brief walk in the morning, suddenly, boom, he disappeared. It doesn't mean that. It literally means Enoch has close fellowship with God. They so enjoy each other. God so enjoy him. God just took him away. He cannot be found. So, so amazing, right? Now, what does it mean to walk with the Holy Spirit? How do we walk with the Holy Spirit? What does it mean? So, the best way to describe this is how Jesus put it. In uh, John 15, 4, Jesus said, Abide in me and I in you. How to continuously walking with the Holy Spirit is to abide in the Holy Spirit. The meaning of abide means remain, stay. Have you ever heard, uh, heard this phrase? Welcome to my humble ab abode. Abode originated words from abide. It literally means your residence, your dwelling, where you make it home. Right? So, home. It's where we spend a lot of time in. Okay? It's where when we interact with other people who are in the same place, we pick up the values, the habits, and perspective of life, worldview. Yeah? So it's in this dwelling place also that we go out, do activities, and come home. It is our base. It's the centrality of our life. So when we talk about we abide in God, abide in the Holy Spirit, we're literally talking about you base your life in God. You centralize your life in God. Your values, your habits, your worldview is of God and aligned with God. God is where you put yourself in. You abide in Him and He also say, I will abide in you. That's the promise of God, okay? Now, to cut it down further, abide, it seems like it's a concept. So then, what are the practical ways that we can abide? Now, let me read this up to you all. It's being conscious of Him, having communion with Him, and being committed to Him, conscious. A lot of us, especially we humans, have the tendency of out of sight, out of mind. Yeah? I'm, I mean, I'm like that, you know? I can be like that. But when we want to abide in the Holy Spirit, first and foremost, we want to be conscious of Holy Spirit. We want to know 
and aware of his existence. Not only that, we want to know that he is for us and he wants to come alongside us. So maybe I can suggest to you, the first thing in the morning that you wake up, rather than uh, lying on the bed thinking, oh, today I need to accomplish one, two, three, four, five. Why don't you just set aside that moment, say, Holy Spirit, thank you for coming alongside me today. I invite you. Just take that. Do that. It's your conscious effort to involve Him in your life. Second, communion. Communion means taking time, right? Talk to Him. Process ideas with Him, okay? Ask Him for input. Share your joy. Share your pain. Involve Him a lot, okay? Then it also meant that you take time to read His Word. Let Him download to you. And you take time to listen to Him. Do you think Holy Spirit speaks? He does. Because in Joel said, or even pick up in Acts, in the last day, I'll pour my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Young men shall see vision. Old men shall dream dreams. So how to prophesy if you don't hear from God? So God does speak. You can also prophesy to yourself or hear God for yourself. Have for yourself, also hear God for others. Yeah, Holy Spirit that speaks. But a lot of times you don't take time to wait and listen. Or we're so distracted with so many things. So make an effort to have communion with the Holy Spirit. Beyond you trying to say all the things I want to say to Him, take time to listen from reading of the Word of God. And also, just a quiet moment. Let Him download to you. Yep. Last but not least is to stay committed to Him. All of us who are married here, we know the meaning of commitment. Commitment means you're devoted to please your partner or your spouse. You don't want to hurt your spouse. Right? That's commitment. Same. We want to be devoted and, com devoted and to try to please Holy Spirit. So how can we do that? Or how should we do that? For example, Holy Spirit is very gentle. You know how the Bible described the Holy Spirit? When Jesus was baptized in the river, the heaven opened and Holy Spirit came down like a dove. It's a very gentle being. So, when Holy Spirit come to you and prompt you or try to correct you, not one time, but two times, three times, you respond, you flow along rather than resist the Holy Spirit. How many of us who are believers know that? There's many times in your life, there's this conviction, Ayo, you know, I shouldn't do that. Ayo, I shouldn't have said that. You know, that is the Holy Spirit. Respond to Him. Just repent and say, God, I'm sorry. I will do better. You help me. Stay committed to the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's go to our main text for the day, which is in Galatians 5, 16 to 18. It says here, but I say, okay, pause. Galatians is written by Paul, okay, to the churches in Galatia. So Paul said, Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So in this text, there are three players. The Spirit, the flesh and the law. We are going to look into the dynamics relationship between the spirit and the flesh and the spirit and the law. Now, let's kickstart with this law, okay? Spirit and the law. If you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. 
Okay, what is law? Law is a set code of conducts that regulate the behaviour of people in a certain community or spheres of living. Okay, right? So that all can exist harmoniously and of, yes, integrity together. So if you break the law, you will be punished. Now, what are some of the laws that we all know? Traffic law, commercial law, civil law, and actually, there is also in religion, religious law, right? If you observe religion, religion, it becomes legalistic, okay? So that's the word legalistic come by. Now, law is a law of do and don't. When Paul wrote this letter, actually, he was filled with frustration and anguish because there are Christian Jews who go to the churches in Galatia and teach the Gentile Jews, which they have no idea of law, to say that you have to observe law to be safe. For example, male circumcision, okay, eating of uh, kosher, and even observing Sabbath. Do you know by just observing Sabbath that the Sabbath law, there's thousands of it. So Paul said they are preaching to you what is not what I have been telling you, uh, what I have been telling you. We all are saved by grace to faith in Christ Jesus. No good works will be able to save you. That's why in Galatians 5 verse 1, Paul said this, For freedom Christ has set you free. Do not subject yourself against to the yoke of slavery. Now what is the yoke of slavery? That is by observing laws. Law won't save us, but truly by grace, believing in Christ Jesus, save us. Yeah. So then Paul could teach them, then how can you walk? above the law and how, or how can you fulfill the law so that's where it come in here you talk about to be led by the spirit right then you fulfill the law now let me go to the next galatians 5 22 it says here for the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience, kindness goodness um, faithfulness gentleness self-control against such there's no law against love there's no law against self-control there's no law against patience there is no law that means if you practice love, you practice self-control, you practice patience, no law will come prosecute you, right? Yeah. So here, let's dwell a little bit on the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit is something that you bear forth naturally. Okay? If you are into gardening, into planting, you know. You plant a durian tree, you get a durian tree. It will just bear forth fruits. Okay? If you plant a banana tree, you won't get durian tree because that is a banana tree. Alright? Sorry, you won't get banana fruits. So, when you are in the spirit, it will naturally, automatically bear forth those nine wonderful fruits. It's not you trying to be by your own strength, try to love, try to have patience, try to be good. Try to be faithful. You can, perhaps, but for a short while. But you, if you are abiding in the Spirit, you will naturally love, patient, kind, and faithful. Right? So, Galatians 5.14, how Paul put it again, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. If you are in the Spirit, you will fulfill the law. The law will have no hold on you. That's so beautiful. Next, let's look at the dynamics relationship between spirit and the flesh. You say here, but I say, 
walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desire of the flesh. That means if you, yes, living continuously in the Holy Spirit, you will overcome the flesh. The flesh will, will not overtake you. Now let's look at what is flesh. David Pawson put it very well. Everything that I am by birth and by nature, my physical habits yeah, and desire, my mental habits and desire, including of my affection and my ambition of anything that is of me, that is flesh. Okay, let's look at the how spirit and flesh interact. They are not friends. They don't have a cordial relationship. The spirit will disagree with the flesh. The flesh will oppose the spirit. They are enmity, okay? And yes, they are full of tension. Always in this conflict mode. Mutually exclusive. There's no such thing of 50% uh, spirit, 50% uh, flesh, okay? That's how I'm going to maneuver through my life. No. Either the spirit, if not, it's the flesh. And they are north-south pole apart. They are so different. So, if the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, then what is the flesh will produce? Let's look at the next slide. Galatians 5, 19 to 21 says, Now the work of the flesh. You know, when you think about work, you can, always, can imagine that you are like a factory. In the factory, there's a lot of production line. And what will the line produce? Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality. These are sexual sins. Sexual immorality include adultery, yeah, fornication, impurity, indulging in a pornography, dirty thoughts. Sensuality is public expression of your sexual desire. They are sexual sins. Okay, next, idolatry and sorcery. Literally, you want to have higher power above you so that you can achieve something you want, be it in a business dealing or be it in relationship. You look to the higher power, okay? Enmity, strife, jealous, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy. What are these? These are men and men interaction that are so negative. Then, drunkenness, orgies. Orgies is wild party. Nowadays, a wild party can be of alcohol, drugs, and even sex. All these are addiction and will put you in bondage. And is that all? No. The Bible says, and things like this. And the list can go on. So, these are the works of the flesh. If we give ourselves to our flesh, this is what we're going to face. Now, what will we land us to? Look at that. It will really land us to shame. Sexual sin. When you get yourself into sexual sin, actually, within you, you will feel bad. You'll feel guilty. And you feel shameful. You will not go and you will not go. You won't go around and tell people. No, you will feel shame. Not right. How about all these uh, conflicts of relationship, imbalance of you have when you are jealous, the argument out of your insecurity, your strive to want to make things happen for yourself. It will land you on anxiety. You feel anxious. No peace, despair, hopelessness is so real for those who are in substance abuse. They thought they take this dose will give them that kind of good feeling, but not enough. They need more, and they need more, and they need more. 
they become in bondage and they cannot help themselves out of that. The work of the flesh will lead us to shame, anxiety and despair. And ultimately, it will put us in a spot of death. The death I'm talking about here, not only separation from God in eternity, I'm also talking about being a living zombie on earth. Hopeless, purposeless, so broken. Don't feel like living. You know, lately, I saw in the video clips that going around about how those drug addicts in the back street of America, I don't know if you all saw that video clips or not. It's so real. They literally look like zombies in a bright daylight. It's so sad. Now, in 1 John 3, 6, it says, No one's abide in him, keep on sinning. If we are found walking with the Holy Spirit, you will not sin. You will overcome the flesh. And not only that, because when you are in the Holy Spirit, this is what you have. For the kingdom of God is of righteousness instead of shame. It's of peace instead of anxiety. And it's of joy instead of despair. This is the promise of God. If you choose to walk with the Holy Spirit, ultimately, you'll enjoy righteousness and peace and joy. Right, I want to end my testimony. Sorry, I want to end my sharing with a testimony. I want to share with you the testimony on Nini. Nini is a lady in white short hair. So this picture was taken in uh, April when we went to her new office and we do a dedication. So the many of us here are also in the picture. All right, man, I showcase y'all. Okay, y'all becoming famous. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Nini is an entrepreneur. She owned a design company. 17 years old, she accepted Christ. But she was not being discipled. She doesn't know how to walk with God. So life brought her through thick and thins. She encountered and experienced bad relationship, a difficult business endeavor. Because she wrapped her identity around her work and career, and she's so egoistic about it, when the business turned bad, she became so depressed. She even think of suicide. She even thought of jumping off a building. And she cannot sleep well. She had to depend on alcohol to go to sleep. She's really in despair. 2017, sorry, 2019, she came back to God. I saw her uh, in ENCM. That's where we started a relationship and uh, discipled her. A few of us journeyed with her. Transformation started to take place because she learned to walk with God. She learned to trust and surrender her business to God. She, will, she learned to honour God in her business dealing. Life started to change, okay? And she just recounted to me not too long ago, business deal that went through, everything done, but the other party didn't want to pay up. So she got so frustrated and angry. She even thought of engaging gangster to collect the money. But she aborted that idea because she knew it will not be honouring to God. And God is good. Somehow, she found a way ethically to get back all the money that due her. Today, the dignity that I know is of peace. This is one of the greatest things that she experienced. She's of peace. She no longer depends on alcohol to go to sleep. No, I asked her to write a statement of how's your faith condition today and who is God to you today. And this is what she penned down for me. She said, God give me hope when I'm hopeless. God gives me strength to face all the challenges. God always reminds me that He is with me 
whenever I feel despair. You know, this is a testimony of uh, Nini. And it's so real. As Nini chose to walk with God, her life has changed. As she chose to learn to walk alongside the Holy Spirit, she has experienced so much peace and no more despair. It's just so wonderful. As I'm preparing for this uh, sermon, three nights ago, I had a dream. In that dream, God showcased me three scenarios. The first scenario was that some of you here might have become Christian, but never have a walk with Him, never grow in Him, always by yourself, thinking that's the best way to do life. Actually, you are nearing to drop off the cliff. But Holy Spirit wants to come to you today and hold you and walk with you. Not only that, He wants to bring you to your spiritual family. The second scenario that God downloaded to me was that there are people here perhaps in a lot of pain and suffering. I'm not talking only about physical. I'm talking about emotion, the soul. So much pain and suffering. And there's these loud noises keep coming to you that bother you too much. You are in such an oppressed environment. The Holy Spirit said to you, I will silence the noise. I will comfort you. And the third scenario is where you experience so much fear. The environment that you're in is so much fear. You're trying to maneuver through a group of people who are not of the same faith and you're full of fear. The Holy Spirit wants to come alongside you, hold you and bring you out of that environment. Now, I describe these three scenarios to you later after our dialogue. If you need any prayer pertaining to this or even more, maybe you really want to have a fresh start with the Holy Spirit, come down. We will have prayer minister here awaiting to want to minister and stand with you and believe in you. Now let's all take this time just to wait upon God and I'll close in a word of prayer. Just take a moment for you to commune and talk to the Holy Spirit. Maybe you can ask of the Holy Spirit, how else I can have a closer walk with you? Just take this moment between you and God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, you fill our hearts. You help us to realize and know that you want to come alongside us. Grace me, teach me and guide me that I want to have a closer walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen.